Welcome. Saludos amigos. A nuestra presentación Revenge of the Pod presented to you guys by the 303 Network. Uh, we are a pop culture pod mostly based on movies, television, a little bit of pop culture, some sports, some music. Obviously we get into comic book stuff, superhero news whenever we got it for you. Lots of that nerddom there for you guys. Um, this is I'm your co-host, Luigi. I apologize. And this is my co-host. Jason, what's up, everybody? Glad to have you back for a good episode this week. I feel like. I feel like it's going to be great. It's, gonna, yeah, yeah. It, it's always great. I don't right. Even, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. This one just feels more significant than the other. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was just talking to, you know, someone really important uh, who is uh, my wife, and she said it's a great show. So Sweet. Uh, yeah. That's uh, all that matters, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Let's get into it today. We got a good episode for you guys. We're going to be talking the bear. We're going to be talking elemental. We're going to be talking secret invasion. Lots of info for you guys. Lots of reviews. We've got a little bit of upcoming stuff and a little bit of news sprinkled in there for you guys as well. Uh, let's get straight into it. Jason, how you been, man? Pretty good, man. Uh, kept it chill this past weekend. Oh, um, got to meet uh, Cole's little Cole and Heather's little one, Nora. Nora. Yeah, one month. How's little Nora? Oh, she looks uh she looks great, man. Still looks like a baby, one month old. I uh, couldn't 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 hold her, man. That's 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 too small for me, right? Too young for me. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but he had us over for uh just a barbecue and uh it was good, man. Uh, that Food City uh marinated taco meat, bro. Food I, City. I, just... I didn't know they had Food City over there. Yeah, we do. Do you guys have Food City? No, no, we've got uh, other like Mexican markets like La Michoacana or Culebra. But... I don't know, man. Something about that food city marinated meat, bro. That flat meat, bro. It's so good, bro. Reminds you of home. Reminds yeah, you of home. Bro. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just so good, bro. You can never go wrong with it. Uh, well, I'm very jealous that you got to meet the baby. She must have been adorable. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, she is. And Cole's a, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's uh, staying up late. Uh, well. He's already having trouble sleeping. So, oh, I can only imagine. Man, one month old. Shoot, she must be giving him a run for his money. What else you got for us, Jason? Uh that's pretty much it. Well, we're um, actually this 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 coming uh, weekend. It's getting close to the Fourth of July weekend, so we're going up north uh, to Pine Top, Arizona, uh, for Jamie's birthday. She's uh, hitting a big number um, for her birthday, so I'm not gonna say. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're excited. Both that. of us have already pa recently passed that number. In the yeah, last. yeah, yeah. We 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 passed it ourselves. So, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not one to say. But uh, yeah, yeah Jamie, congrats. Um, welcome to the Cool Kid Club. Is what I'll say. Uh, you may feel older, but that's yeah, yeah. Back pain, all that stuff. Your body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, happy early birthday to her on that. So that's awesome. Uh, for, you, for me, not a whole lot going on. I did get a new grill. Thanks, Ma. She was like, Ooh. I know your grill broke because uh, listeners, we obviously are grilling fans. We are men in their 30s. This is what we are starting to do. Okay. Well, let, me, let me ask you something. Did she find out your grill broke because of this pod or? Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know she's a listener, so shout out, shout out, Mama over here. Yeah, thanks, Ron. 
And it's pretty cool because she did get me, uh, we talked about it, and I told her, I was like, look, there's this one is probably the top of the line for charcoal grills if you want to get like a personal one that's not like expensive. This is the best brand for it. So uh, if you guys don't know, it's Weber. The kettle grills, the Weber mm -hmm. kettle grills are the best on the market. I don't care what anyone says. If you're trying to get a charcoal grill, that's the one to do it. Do you know what I really, what I'm really wanting right now? Uh, maybe, maybe we can get a bigger house, but uh, I really want a, a flat top grill. I really want one of those. Yeah, those are pretty dope. Uh, those that have, those that have a, a little bit of that, that propane, or do you know a flat top that's like charcoal? Uh, you know, I haven't decided yet. I haven't really looked into it, but um, uh, we for uh, uh, Easter, uh, our friend created. Uh, not created. I'm sorry. He had a flat top stove and uh, he, he was outside grilling burgers and they just came out amazing. Um, sorry, guys. I got I got a little distracted. I was wondering if I should bring this person in. Should we? <laughs> we got a little special guest coming. Welcome. Yeah, let's bring him in. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me of something we're going to talk about a little later. Uh, Pulp Fiction... Pulp Fiction uh, callback to me. Yeah. How you doing? Welcome, welcome to the pod. I'm chilling, man. Thank you for having me. I actually uh, just wrapped up recording, and then I saw that this one was live, and I said, I'm just going to join the studio. <laughs> Let's see what they're up to right now. Yeah. What is today's topic? Today uh, we are we talking, are talking um, the bear, secret invasion, and elemental. Holy crap, I forgot Secret Invasion came out. I was at a wedding this weekend, so I'm like behind on Secret Invasion. I'm behind on movies. And The Bear came out. I heard season two is fantastic. It is amazing. Yes, my TV, man. Is it better than season one? Yes. Yeah. Yes? Yes. I mean, I would hope so. They found a bunch of monies, right? So, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, spoilers. spoilers on season one. Oh, there's, there's sorry, one. By the way, they found money. Um, <laughs> money, <laughs> but no, yeah, let's be talking today. Were you gonna hang out with us, or did you just come to stop by? I just came to pop in, boys. I'm gonna let you guys go. Sounds right. good, brother. Thanks for stopping by to the Revenge of the Pod presented by Room 303. Oh, nice, yeah, nice. We'll, we'll get an intro video for you guys eventually, right, Luigi? I got the pictures. I got the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> JC, before you leave, my friend. Uh, who did the Blackhawks pick their first round? Did the draft already happen for the NHL? No, the draft. So the draft is on Thursday. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But I will give you uh, this insider information, ladies and gentlemen. The the number one overall pick cannot be bet on any platforms. It's a foregone conclusion. Connor Bedard is going number one. Uh, Seventeen year old, five foot ten center who just uh, had 162 points in the KHL and it was like 80 goals or sorry, 70 goals and 72 assists or something like that. That's insane. So I mean, more foregone conclusion than the Wemby draft, right? Uh, no, Wemby? it's Wemby. You could bet Wemby was at plus 20,000, but I, they're the same thing. They're once in a generational talent yeah, that, exactly. that no one's go, going to let go. That's what I'm saying. Like, Wemby was like a foregone conclusion that that was going to be the solid number one. So oh, you're yeah. saying like, this guy is even more of a foregone conclusion. Like, this right. Guy, 
So that's amazing. That's crazy. For yeah. non-NHL fans out there. And just like with Scoot, right? Scoot is a was the consensus like number two favorite prospect in the draft, but he he didn't go number two because of fit. Um, the top four picks this year, and in my opinion, the top five are all outstanding. You can't go wrong. Adam Fantilli, who's going to go number two overall, um, was a center for Michigan is uh, in his sophomore year in college and dominated as a freshman. Uh, that if any other draft year, if Adam Fentilli entered in any other draft year, he's probably the number, number one, one overall pick. That's it's just crazy. that that's what's going on here. But as the resident Blackhawk fan of room 303, uh, your boy skinny P is excited. <laughs> I bet you are, man. Can't wait. I got I got to tune in uh, tomorrow to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. We just went over some some bets uh, for those listeners here on Room uh, Revenge of the Prod. Uh, Matt Vay Mikov to go number five overall is plus two twenty five. All right, to my betters out there, listen to that. That, that, right. that that's a that's a good one. All that's right. all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> Enjoy the show, boys. Right, Peace out, brother. Hell yeah, man. We got some uh, some bets in there for uh, any of our listeners that are betters out there. Uh, probably not a lot, I'm guessing. <laughs> but if you are, Room 303 Podcast got some great betting information for you guys. Glad they were able to stop by and kind of show what they do on the pod. That was nice. Yeah, you guys got a little got, got a little taste. So you guys haven't checked them out. Go 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 check them out, you know? Okay. Their, their motto is to fade them, which means do not bet what they bet because they always lose. So if they always lose... Bet the opposite, and you guys will win. So, I mean, that's easy money for you guys, you know? I mean, I see the logic there. I no, see right? the logic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but where were we? You said what, what, you were telling me your brill, but I'm going to move yeah. on from the brill. Now, uh, I do have a little bit of information. So, uh, Christopher Nolan actually made some comments on the ending of Inception recently. Nothing crazy. He's not going to tell you what is true or not true. But what I will say is that uh, he was being interviewed and he mentioned that it really doesn't matter whether it's real or not, because the idea is that Leonardo DiCaprio's character found peace and he was living the life that he wanted to live. How do you feel about that, Jason? And he just recently said this. Just recently, from what I saw, yeah. Okay, because in an interview with Michael Caine or... Michael Kine. If you ever see Michael Kine, uh, if he's in the scene, it's real life. So in the end, you see Michael Kane at the end. So it is real. Was my understanding with Michael Kane and Christopher Nolan. So maybe he's backtracking. I don't know. To this day, I I do think it is reality because yeah, obviously how it ends, I think it's beautiful and it's it's left to the interpretation of the the viewer, which I think is great. Uh because well, what's the best part of books, even though we don't read that much, is you let your imagination take over and you put those visuals in your head and when you're reading a book. And that's why people love reading so much. I love comic books. You know, pictures are cool. Um, when I did read some books, I lo actually absolutely loved them. Um, I just I don't know, just reading. I just can't I just can't get into it. But when I do and I really like a book, my imagination just starts picturing stuff. So it's up to the viewer. Uh, I personally think uh, he did find peace. In real life, not in fake life. So, yeah, I mean, it's up to the viewer. So you are not wrong, and that's what I kind of go for too. I, I mean, I'm always an optimist in that sense. I always want it to be like a happy ending. 
So yeah, I'm hoping that it was real. <laughs> I was gonna love that movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Christopher Nolan hasn't missed once, in my opinion. Don't you dare say Dunkirk, motherfucker. Um, Listen, Dunkirk was kind of boring, but for me, it was more Tenet. Um, moving on, though. Warner Brothers Discovery looking to sell just under half of their music catalog. I don't know what they're willing to sell, but in their music catalog, they have Purple Rain, like the full album and musical score. The Batman score, Casablanca, which they use for their fanfare when the Warner Brothers logo comes up. And many, many more very famous uh, pieces from Warner Brothers. I mean, 100 years of music. Don't they get money for any time that the song is played? Why would they do that? I, I guess they're not making enough. They're not making enough. And it's their whole library, I think, is valued at $5 billion. So they're looking to make two to two point five billion because they're looking to sell off like forty okay. percent of their of their library. You you know what they're? I mean, Zaslav is just trying to make money left and right. He's trying to trim any fat that he can find. Uh, I don't know if it's the greatest for Warner Brothers, but it's an interesting thing. And if you are someone who's able to buy. And get your hands on that Batman score, the rights to the Batman score. That'd be pretty cool. That is a pretty cool uh, score. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I, I don't think I like that move. Because I think, uh, you know, with royalties and stuff and you own the rights to that music, you can make money anytime that someone plays that song or even in a commercial, right? It, I don't know how it works, but isn't that isn't that how it works? Right? If someone else besides you uses it, yeah, you make money. Yeah, so well, I I'm not sure what their logic on that is, but they're looking to sell. They're, they're, I'm sure they're not going to sell cheap. So that's one mm. thing I will say. Uh, but Sounds like they are struggling. Dude, so much, uh, so many billions in debt. I'm sure they're struggling. Um, anyway. Well, maybe they should make better DC movies, you know? Sorry, go ahead, Jason. Maybe they should make better DC movies and then maybe they wouldn't be in so much debt. Yo, The Flash wasn't terrible. I still would say you should watch it. Okay, yeah, but you said it wasn't terrible. That's not that's not what we that's not what they need right now. They they need something like, yo, this movie was might be the movie of the year kind of thing. You know what I mean? Oh no, it's not Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. I'll tell you. Yeah, it's no Harry Potter. They were hitting with Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they're making the show. We'll see how the show comes out. Yep. Uh, but I'm gonna move on. Uh, Kill a Mike is continuing. I'm sure some of you guys have read this in news already. He's continuing to say that Andre 3000 is finally going to release a solo album. He said he has heard several songs on it and that he was, in fact, going to listen to the whole thing with another artist uh, a couple weeks ago. They were going to fly down to where, where Andre 3000 was at. So we may be finally seeing Andre 3000's debut album man what do you think do you think this is all smoke or do you think it's happening so i think uh, andre 3000 let him listen to some songs that he was thinking about putting in the album so not necessarily in the album uh and that's usually what they do uh obviously i think andre 3000 has a lot of music out there that he hasn't released to us and uh you, you know how he is man I, I feel like he's kind of a perfectionist type of person and he just wants it to be right and he's just like kind of out there you know he's, he's a weird guy um I would want it to be perfect. If it came out, I would 
once it hits midnight in the East Coast, I'm I obviously I'm not in the East Coast, so it's whatever time it is. We don't do daylight savings here, so it'll be either 10 at night or 9 p.m., whatever it may be. Whenever he decides to release it, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to turn off the lights, um, be a little intoxicated, and uh, just put on my beats and uh, just uh, jam out, dude. See what's, see what's up, man. I, if that's this happening, I'm so excited. I've been waiting at least a decade for an Andre 3000 album. So I'm pretty hyped if this is true, and I can't wait to hear it. Do you, do you remember when he was just uh, on features to a lot of artists like in the late 2000s, mm -hmm. uh, like early 2000, before 2010s? And he was just killing on every feature. And we're like, release the album because clearly you're you're still lyrically a, a, a genius. He might be the best lyricist out there, arguably. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying the best, but he's definitely up there. Um, so like, why not? Well, right. just like Kendrick said, uh, uh, Eminem, Andre 3000, what? No, Kendrick, Jigga, and Nas, Andre 3000, Eminem, Andre 3000, the rest of y'all is just new. Don't get involved. Yes, exactly. Those, those oh, are pretty much the best lyricists I've, I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that 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 verse itself, too, in uh, Kendrick's verse changed. Oh, my God. that was, Where were you when that happened? I, I remember. I was at a Sonic oh. drive-thru when I first heard that song. <laughs> <laughs> I remember listening to it on repeat. I was like, oh! But yeah, I can't wait for that Andre 3000 album. Uh, I got one last bit of news for you. It's true. Yeah. So Netflix has released some uh, data that says 60% of its viewers worldwide across the entire planet. So that means a ton of Americans, because that is a good chunk of the viewership uh, has watched some form of K content. Uh, I don't mean to ask this as if you don't know, Jason, but do you know what K content is? I do not. I was just about to ask you that. Is that Korean content? That is correct. Okay. 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 Like uh, Squid Games. Squid Game. Uh, I personally watched The 100, which I mentioned on this show. I still recommend it. They have tons of K dramas now. I was looking through my Netflix today. And I saw at least two different sections that were recommending uh, Korean content. So it looks yeah. like uh, they see the potential in uh, Korean content right now because everybody's well, watching it. Well, you know, uh, K-pop is really popular uh, in, the, in the U.S. Um, so uh, honestly, not too surprised. Maybe like uh, in the songs, they're mentioning some shows and stuff and people are checking yeah, them out. Maybe, maybe because... Yeah, maybe maybe Squid Games was such a huge hit that people are like willing to watch this. I mean, from what I've seen from K content, amazing man. Yeah, Plus, sure. shout out my Koreans out there. I used to have a a boss that was Korean, and she made me some kimchi and fire. We worked at a Japanese restaurant owned by Koreans, and man, if I came if I came into work uh, like an hour 30 minutes early and they're like oh did you eat already it's like oh not yet and i was like i'm all right i'm all right it's like no no no. they're like mexicans dude, i swear to god <laughs> they're like no no sit down you're gonna you're gonna eat i was like well I, I, like I'm, I'm about to clock in it's like no 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 I'll, I'll take care of it you you eat here i made this i made some kimchi whatever it is they remind me of a hispanic like culture like they're just really into their family and wow man i love them <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. Well, I hope to see some pretty good K content come out. They said they're going to invest 2.4 billion in Korean content and <clears throat> within the next, I think, I don't know if it was two to five years, somewhere around that timeline. But they've already been visiting uh, several film schools and writing schools and looking at the talent there and seeing like they're these these kids are hungry. You know, they want this and they're very interested and willing to work and willing to do whatever it takes. So it's exciting to see uh, this this new part, uh, this new genre slash, I guess, cultural set cultural set of genres uh, break into mainstream American uh, television because as you know it is kind of hard for foreign content to really pierce through so this is pretty cool it's tough yep yeah that's awesome Matt. well yeah. happy for them and you know 60 percent of viewership if it's gonna make netflix some money why not why not invest in it i mean they're yep. doing squid game was dope parasite if parasite and squid game are any indication of what koreans can do with drama action comedy like we're gonna get some amazing content very soon all right, but Jason, you got some stuff for us. I do. Uh, we got some still shots of the new Walking Dead. It's a spinoff Daryl Dixon story because I don't know if you saw the se the season ending of uh, the Walking Dead. I didn't. I have not seen it since season six. They had a guy that looked like Jesus. They called him Jesus. That was the last time I watched the show. Oh, with the lion, right? There was a lion. Oh yeah, yeah. There was this guy. Oh, a tiger. I'm sorry, not a lion. He had a pet. He had a pet tiger. Dang. Oh. Ah, I forgot his name. Anyways, uh, oh, just kidding. Yes, now I remember who you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, that's where I I fell off. Uh, not not. I don't know. I just stopped watching. It got a little slow for me. But anyways, I, I don't know what happened at the season ending. But apparently, there's a spinoff where Daryl is in France. Daryl Dixon. It's gonna follow Daryl Dixon, the beloved Daryl Dixon. He is in France. Wow. There's going to be a few. I mean, uh, it's going to be. And in Paris. And who, who's in Paris? Should I know? Yeah, there's one very popular song by a, a hip hop. And Jay Z? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You looked so serious that you took me off guard. I was like, who's in Paris? I haven't watched the show for a while, dog. I don't know. But they're going to have a spinoff as well with Negan and Maggie. Uh, and they're going to be in New York. I've seen the previews for that one, actually. That I did see the previews for that, too. Uh, I had a huge crush on Maggie back in the day. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So I'm glad she's still alive. I didn't know if she died or not. So good to hear that she's still alive. So shout out, Maggie. And uh, shout out, Negan. He's actually, he was actually a good villain, and I'm guessing he turned into an anti-hero. Like. I think so, yeah. Lauren Cohen is the girl that plays Maggie. There we go. Shout out, Lauren Cohen. Um one uh, so the, the next thing I want to talk about is I'm pretty excited about this to be honest. It's coming to Hulu, uh, new episodes of Futurama. I used uh, well, to love that show, dude. I liked it, dude. Uh, the trailers are out now, like little skits of like uh, like the coming episodes. Uh, what I'm really excited about is that uh, the creators are promising to continue the storylines where they left off over a decade ago. So there was a lot of uh, loose ends where we're like, oh, what happened, and they canceled it, right. Uh, a lot of the storylines, I forgot what they were exactly, but there were interesting storylines. So they're going to continue that storyline and promise to uh, make sure they uh, close out those storylines for uh, the Futurama fans out there. 
Um, For those of you who don't know Futurama, I mean, all our listeners know Futurama. But in case, in case, you know, you're one of our younger listeners, uh, Futurama, if, if I had to put it in a nutshell, it is like the Simpsons in the future or in space. I mean, it's created by the Simpsons creators. So Same animators, Matt, Matt Gronick, Gronick? Not sure, buddy. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's G-R-O-E-N-I-G. Uh, he was the creator of this show as well. And this show actually debuted, I think, in 1999. Yeah. I remember watching it, and I, I liked it from the first episode. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Honestly, I think I like I think I like it more than Simpsons. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, Bender I don't know if I agree because I, I, I have a lot of fond childhood memories with The Simpsons. I know. I, I, I do, too. But, like, if I had to really think about it, I think – I'm not saying by, by a lot, like a huge margin. I'm just saying I think I prefer Futurama. That's fair. That's Dude, fair. I love Fry, Leela, Bender, uh, oh gosh, the doctor, the claw, the crab doctor. Uh, Zoidberg? No, Zoidberg. That's right. Yeah. There are characters in that show. Yeah, to, to listeners, if you know, you know the dog episode. Oh, and Zoidberg. Scruffy. Yeah. Not a dog, but that's like a dog name. No, I, no, his dog. He's got a dog? Fry? No, the janitor named Scruffy. No, no, I'm talking about Fry, the, the episode with his dog. Yes. I was just saying that the dog reminded me of a dog name, which is Scruffy, oh. which oh, is the janitor. And he uh, he shows up. Sorry, give me a second. What the heck? Sorry, I had something, something jumping around on me down here. A little grasshopper got into my into my room. Anyway. But I'm saying, if you know, you know that that episode chokes you up. It's really sad, man. Uh, that's one, probably one of the best episodes for Futurama. I don't think I saw that. I'm gonna so have to Fry, Fry finds a fossil of his dog from the 90s, and he tries to bring him back. And I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, He's leave sure. it at that. I, I could definitely rewatch Futurama for no <laughs> reason. So... Yeah, it's definitely one of the better episodes. Like in a cartoon, it's like, wow, I didn't know that this cartoon can make me feel things. Um, no, it has to be with dogs, right? Relationships with dogs. It's dogs, bro. It's dogs. <laughs> Man's best friend. All right. Uh, what else you got for us, Jason? Um, so uh, let's go. I'm going to go ahead and uh, hop into some trailers. Um, so recently, actually, just recently, uh, a movie's gonna come out. It's called Dumb Money. It's a movie. Uh, here's the cast list: Paul Dano, uh, the Riddler from the Batman; Nick Offerman; uh, Ron Swanson from um, Parks and Rec; uh, Seth Rogen. Well, we know who he is, right? Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Uh, if you guys don't know who he is, he's the kingpin in um, Daredevil series from Netflix. He was also uh, in Law and Order for like 12 years. So He also was in Law and Order for like 12 years. Anthony Ramos just recently came out in the Trent Beast, Beast Wars movie, uh, Into the Heights character. Uh, Pete Davidson, you know, uh, uh, the dude who uh, dates uh, all, all these uh, all these women. <laughs> just kidding. Saturday Night Live, right? Just, you know, you know who he is. Uh, Shalane Woodley, 
she was in the Divergent series. Uh, that that actress, uh, Sebastian yeah. Stan. She was almost cast as uh, Mary Jane Watson in the Andrew Garfield version. No way, for real. Mm-hmm. I can, I can see that. Got that far because they stopped making those movies. Ah, interesting, interesting. Um, Sebastian Stan. We know who Sebastian Stan is, fellas. Winter Soldier. Yeah, the Winter Soldier, and do and, and much more characters. But uh, those are just some of them, the ones that I want to highlight. Uh, but it's based on the GameStop. GameStop stock when it like shot up, remember? Um, you know, to the fucking moon, right? Let's go to the fucking moon. Uh, this movie set to release on September 22nd, 2023. Uh, it looks really, really interesting. Uh, Paul Dano plays the character, the one that kind of saw uh, all the billionaires moving their head funds over to GameStop because they knew it was going to crash. So they're, that's where they can go and get money. It, it kind of explains stocks and stuff and like, how the billionaires make their monies within stocks. And like the little guy saw a little discrepancy in it and was able to um, get everybody to just go all in on it and made millions of dollars because of it. So it, it's pretty interesting if you guys. And kept GameStop alive. That's the, that's the craziest part. Like I know. Kept the business alive. Kept it alive. And it was just kind of a, a jab at wall street. Like it, it was crazy, man. Wall street was freaking out. And, uh, it just kind of it was like, hey, the little guys are, are here, you know. So if you guys bought into that stock when it definitely our, our era, if you guys bought into that stock, good for you. You made millions um, or maybe some if you guys bought in a little bit late. But still, I think it's very interesting. And if you guys are trying to get trying to know a little bit about the stock market and stuff, I think this is this would be a fun movie to kind of at least learn a little bit about it and how it kind of works, because uh, no one knows. Right. It's all like a guessing game. But. You can do some research, but it, it is yeah, tough. Is, yeah. yeah. So uh, it looks it looks very interesting. Uh, this it's going to come out on Hulu. Uh, not Hulu. I'm sorry, but it's set to come out September 22nd of this year. So let's go in theaters. All right, watch it in theaters, guys. Dumb money. <coughs> Dumb money. September 22nd. All right, let's move into TV land. Uh, Jason, I want you to start off because I've also seen this. So we can talk a little bit about a sensation that is on Hulu that a lot of people watched a few weeks ago. We wanted to give it a little bit of love on the pod. Uh, Disney Plus. Came out on Disney Plus, right? Mm, Flaming Hot. We are talking about Flaming Hot. Yes, Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. Oh, it's also on Hulu. Oh, Great. What's well, on Hulu and Disney Plus, guys? Well, yeah, Disney owns Hulu, right? So they're gonna be one app soon enough. Soon yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you guys can watch it on Hulu and Disney Plus. But Flaming Hot, um, it's about a story of a janitor who invented the hot Cheeto uh, back in the nineties, right? Uh, Frito Lay wasn't doing so hot. Their sales were kind of awful, and they just couldn't find. You know they were they were just struggling pretty much to to other companies and um, this one janitor just uh, had the motivation to try and reach out to the uh, CEO and stuff like that to uh, you know expand uh, their their flavors essentially and uh, it was just kind of a like a hey Hispanic culture type of movie that just movie yeah yeah yeah, because and you kind of relate to it as as a Hispanic uh, myself. 
um, you relate to a lot of these characters and where they come from and they're just hardworking people uh, who are just trying to make a living. Um, I, I just related a lot to it. It was it was very interesting. Uh, what, what about you? I thought it was uh, it was really good. I, I had researched how Flamin' Hots had actually been made before and they discuss yeah. it in the movie. Uh, they talk about how uh, there was already a recipe, but I think yeah. his marketing is the reason that recipe even got used at all. So right. that's why he gets the credit for it, even though even in the show or in the movie, he talks about how it's not the same as the one that he and his wife did together, but that it's it's good enough. And that's the Flamin' Hots that we have today. I just found it interesting because the, the whole theme of the movie is perseverance, right? Perseverance, the American dream, uh, who gets to have what in this country, right? Those are like the big themes that you see. And it plays really well. I thought it played really, really well, uh, especially if the target audience is Hispanics. They're going to eat this movie up. They're, yeah. they're going to love it. D directed by Eva Longoria. Yeah. So that was cool. You've got... You've got a lot of Mexican culture in there. And I thought the funniest thing about the movie was his replays when he's retelling a story about how executives would do things. And he says it all Cholo style. He's like, nah, I'm just playing. They didn't do it like that. <laughs> I, I think uh, they kind of took that idea from um, Ant-Man, but that's okay. That's probably the best part of Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. that, that, that was one thing that I was so sad I didn't get to see was Luis in the third one, Quantumania. I'm yeah, dude. A bit disappointing. But in Flamin' Hots, he does a really good job of making you laugh. He's always uh, good spirited. He has really interesting conversations with his son about, you know, being proud to be who you are. And not to get too deep, but obviously, uh, I don't know about you, Jason, but when we were younger, I wasn't as proud to be a Hispanic as I was when I got older. I didn't understand it. I actually didn't. I didn't push my Hispanic heritage as much as I did as I do now. Well, um, celebrate the way I do now. I, I feel that. I, I think for me, the reason why growing up as a kid, I didn't really understand that because where we grew up, it was in El Paso. It was mainly Hispanics. So I didn't really understand like how to be a proud Hispanic because we're like, oh, we're all Hispanic. I thought this was just a thing. I thought that's this is how we all live. Then I moved to Arizona and I was like, it was just a huge culture shock for me because the diversity was crazy. Like I, I grew up near the Tempe ACU campus when I first moved. And there's a lot of diversity there. And um, I saw I saw a lot of white people and I, I was not used to it. Um, not in a bad way at all. Honestly, I kind of really liked it, but it just made me appreciate my Hispanic culture a lot more because of it. And uh, seeing this movie, it was just like, oh, this is really fun. It did have some corny moments. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's cool one moments. of those movies. It's a yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's not nothing that I was like mad mad about. I laughed at a lot of stuff that they did. I was like, no, they wouldn't do that. And I was like, well, maybe. Um, you know, it's just it's just weird. Uh, I did want to shout out to one of the the sons in the movie, uh, the the smallest one, that one that was trying the hot Cheetos, and he's like, he's like, oh, it's hot, and I was like, what is it hot? Like hot good or hot bad? Yeah, hot, and he's like, oh, hot good, right? So that kid. He was actually really TikTok famous. He's TikTok famous, actually. He's, he started doing, like, a little voiceovers with his dad, and he was really good at them. Like, his voiceovers, like, you can't even – he does, like – it's essentially lip singing, but he's really, really good at him. He's very 
he has a lot of spunk and he has a lot of energy and you just love his videos because uh, they're funny because like there's some voiceovers that he does that are like maybe not kid appropriate but he just act he does acts him so well and it was just something him and his dad would do during the pandemic and they blew up and they have like millions of followers the sad thing about it is his dad recently passed away from cancer um, so his TikTok was, it was very sad. It, it, it died down for a little bit because they couldn't post because obviously that was battling cancer. And then we, you find out later because you could see the relationship within those little videos that they, they, that they would post like him and his dad, like that was just their bonding moment. Uh, so that, I think that's really kind of nice because when he's older, uh, he'll get to see all those TikTok videos that he did with his dad and have those moments with him. But I, I thought it was just very interesting that he, uh, they they sought him out and put him in this movie, and uh, he did a phenomenal job, man. And I hope uh, I'm sure he's gonna get a lot more acting roles because of this, uh, just because everyone loves him on TikTok. I would hope so. I I you know hearing that story, I'm like absolutely. Let's get him all the roles we can. <laughs> but um, I I just overall I enjoyed the movie. It was it was a fun escape from reality, and that's what you want in movies. It was it was good. Uh, obviously lots of Mexican culture in the movie and shout out to his wife, Judy, uh, played by Annie Gonzalez. She held it down, man. Like what a woman in that movie. Did you notice that? I mean, she had his back for every, for everything. Oh, yeah, it reminds you of, uh, just, uh, how Hispanic women are, uh, towards their, uh, towards their significant others, you know? Um, uh, I won't even say Hispanic <laughs> I turned to Gabby. I was like, "That's you. That's you. I'm not that good." I was like, "You that good?" <laughs> they got, you know, they got that attitude, and they're they're gonna have your back no matter what, even um, even when you're down. But they're not afraid to let you know when you're messing up. You that's know? true. That's true. I mean, that's a good woman. Yeah. But, uh, flaming hot, really good to watch with the family. We watched it as a family. Very enjoyable. It does have cussing in there, but I still watched it with my daughter. That's just. That's just how our family works. So. Well, you know what I've been saying lately? Chale! Chale! You know? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, mean, I was trying to explain to Jamie what that meant. Um, and uh, it, it was kind of hard. Like it's, like, it's just like slang, you know? It's just... It means echale, right? Which means... Uh, That's what I thought. Yeah, like, do it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah like, do it. Yeah, I, I don't know, but, like, you, you can't really translate that in English when because he was saying something he's like ah, chale, you know like all right let's do it yeah yeah you're right let's do it yeah um I, I thought it was just very interesting so um I really enjoyed what, it man I what really score did you give it then what score yeah yeah a little rating for us I'd give it a six flat a six flat nice I, I I'm, I'm definitely higher like a uh, 6.5 so okay okay 6.7 yeah, yeah, six point seven. Okay, okay. You know, you could convince me, but we'll talk. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like we have to look back and like create an Excel spreadsheet of our movies because I feel like it changes from time to time, right? Recency bias. All I this think stuff. Uh, listeners, we're gonna do a rubric. We'll we'll do a rubric. Uh, but right now, we'll just stick with what we've got. Yeah. <clears throat> um, watch watch Flame and Hot on hulu or disney plus it's worth the watch i think you guys will enjoy it hour and 40 minutes so not long at all guys it goes by quick super quick all right 
let's get into our three reviews for the evening. Uh, should I start with Elemental, or do you want to hit uh, Secret Invasion? Let's hit um, Secret Invasion. All right. So the most recent and only installment from Marvel this year, correct? Mm, no. What did we get? What show did we get from Marvel this year? Uh, or movies, right? Well, I'm not counting the movies. I'm just talking. Oh, about okay. The, yeah, shows. Yeah, I think this is it. Yeah, it looks like it. The other ones are no longer existent. One is a kids show. Uh, that's that's gonna be Moon Girl and uh, Devil Dinosaur, which is a kids show on Disney Plus that you can watch, but not. It's not a big MCU thing. Okay. So S Secret Invasion follows Sam Jackson's Nick Fury uh, with the impending invasion of Skrulls who are tired of waiting to find a new world since they've been waiting for three decades now. All right? And uh, what the main leader is Gravik, who is the antagonist of the show is what it looks like, right? Does look like that. Um, I, I will say this, man. Um, I'm kind of like, I would say, it, it, in the fog of it because I didn't finish watching uh, Captain Marvel. I didn't like that movie at all, and I, 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 I fell asleep, and I just because I thought it was boring, and I just didn't finish watching it. Oh, I mean, it's very tough for me to be like. I was like, okay, scrolls, like where they come from. Like people were telling me, like, oh, they came from Captain Marvel, and then Miss. They started popping up in this, uh, WandaVision, right? I'm like, who the fuck is this? You know, so uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta lure me in, buddy. And in uh, in the comics, they're a big antagonist group of the Fantastic Four. In fact, they make a scroll who has all four of their powers. They genetically modify a scroll who has the powers of all four of the Fantastic Four. Uh, they call it the Super Scroll. It would have been kind of cool to see that in this, but I understand they haven't even introduced the Fantastic Four. So, I so in the first episode you see the scrolls fighting, so they they're pretty strong. I would say to me it looks like they have the strength of uh, Steve Rogers. Yeah, yeah. Right. They're not they're not Thor level or Spider Man level, but they have. They have some super strength. They can they can rip chains off a lock type of thing. Okay. So that 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 is what I saw. Uh, it, it was pretty interesting, very espionage style. Uh, it's supposed to be following the storyline that was very famous uh, from Marvel Comics. Uh, it did really well, and it changed the landscape of Marvel Comics. There were characters that they made into um, scrolls. That we didn't know. Comics that were like huge characters that people were shocked to know had been scrolls the entire time. I don't know how much of that we're going to see, but I hope we get at least one big reveal of uh, a person, a big hero that we know of that ended up being a scroll. That would be crazy. Now, um, scrolls. Right, because like they're they're shapeshifters and they can take the, uh, they can look like that that other person. What I didn't know when I thought it was pretty interesting is like, well, you can interrogate this person and you can tell if they're really that person or not. Mm -hmm. But apparently, they can 
take your mind and they know everything that since you were a kid and you know what's going on and everything. So that makes it really hard to tell if they are a scroll or not, because they have the mind of that person from their past life to everything to up to now, which I didn't know, which I thought that would just makes it even more insane. So you can't even tell if they are or not, because they know everything that that person would know. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing is they wouldn't do the same exact things because they would have to remember how to do them. Right. Which is interesting. Uh, that was a giveaway that, gosh, what is her name? The character who is, give me a second. She's actually, she actually also shows up in The Bear, which we're going to talk Bear. about. Olivia Coleman. Yes, Olivia Coleman is a scroll, and it's a dead giveaway that she is a scroll. I don't know if he already, Sam Jackson already knew she was a scroll, but it's a dead giveaway when she doesn't remember what his drink is. I thought that was uh, a giveaway to yeah, show that he is, in yeah. fact, a scroll. Um, overall, I thought it was a good start to the show. You see Amelia Clark's character, Gaia, confronting her father's character, which is Ben Mendelsohn's Talos. Amelia Clark, who, who, who that is? Khaleesi! <laughs> Man, she, she, uh, she's starting to pop up in everything, dude. Now, yeah, now she's, she's coming out in... And some interesting stuff. I'm glad to see it. I I always wanted the characters or the actors. I'm sorry from Game of Thrones to get to get a lot more uh, work, and I'm yeah. seeing them just pop up in everything. Dude, so. Game of Thrones. She's in Game of Thrones, Star Wars, and now this MCU universe. So like, it's that's good for her, dude. I liked her character in Star Wars. I really, really hope that they take another look at Solo. And give it a chance. I hope so too, man. I loved I love Solo. I don't know why people. People, I don't know. People, these Star Wars fans, they just, they just don't like, they just don't like good stuff. I, I don't know. I don't know. They don't like new things. Sometimes they're right, but they're just too harsh. Yeah, they don't. They don't give it a chance to grow. So that's that's tough. But I'm glad to see you're in this, and it's a good start. Uh, I do have a complaint uh, when Talos's character tells Gaia that. Their, that her mother died, uh, and it is the group that she is with's fault. Now, who's Talos? Oh, we didn't talk about him real quick. Uh, Talos is the scroll who comes out in Ms. Marvel, uh, yes. or Captain Marvel, I'm sorry. And he is on the same side as Nick Fury. He is so fighting Nick Fury to keep, uh, to, keep, to keep the scrolls from fully trying to invade planet Earth. Okay. And so he's the one chasing Gaia down when she's got the explosives. And they have a scene where he tells her that her mother died. And you see her react. And you, in fact, you get to see her go into a small alleyway, uh, an entranceway to a closed down store. And just kind of sit in it and seep in it. And I thought the music wasn't very good in that moment. Mm. I didn't think they let the moment linger very long. But I know this is a Marvel show. It's not a drama. They don't focus on the acting or character development as much as they do the overall action plot of the film. I just thought that could have been done a little bit better in my personal opinion. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I think they have the actors to do it too. So I'm sure they did a great performance, but like it's the way you edit it and the sound and stuff really does affect. Yeah. Uh, when I scenes. saw her, she was doing it solid. Yeah. 
So I, I don't want to knock. I don't want to knock her. Perform- no, not going to mm-hmm. knock Amelia Clark. I might get to go see her at a uh, San Antonio's uh, Comic Con. That's the Comic Con and Car Show that's coming up in, in two weeks, week and a half actually. That's pretty dope. Yeah, I might get to see her do a Q and A. If I do, guys, I'll let you guys know how the Q and A went. Andrew Garfield's going to be there. Haley Steinfeld is going to be there. Brie Larson. Uh, Kit Harrington, who played Jon Snow. So there's some pretty big names showing up, and those are just the one, the biggest ones that I know. That's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, yeah. Hey, come down. Join us. When is that? It is July 7th, 8th, and 9th. No. <laughs> I can't. Um, no. You're coming the following weekend, though, right? So is this all good? Yeah. No, I'm excited for this Comic-Con. I can't wait to see what she says about this show, in fact, because I will have seen three episodes of it already. Uh, so I can't wait to see what she's what she says about that, about her role as uh, Daenerys Targaryen, her Star Wars role. I still have not seen her Terminator role. I heard the movie wasn't very good, but I still want to see it because she's in it. So mm. I don't think I've seen it either. Yeah, back to Secret Invasion, though. I thought it was really interesting that scrolls had immunity to radio, uh, radioactive radioactivity. Mm-hmm. That means that they could just bomb the entire planet, let us die off, and take over. Yeah, so it kind of sounds like they're trying to start a nuclear war, right? Because they're 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 trying to get generals and every uh, they're trying to cause you know a ruckus, just pretty much create a, another world war so they can release nuclear bombs and blow everybody up to smithereens and. They're left because they're not affected by radioactive activity. That's what it sounds like, and I think that's where it's leading to. And, you know, I I wanted to bring this up. We talked a little bit about it. I I referenced it a little bit when uh, Jermaine came in as a guest. The art dealer scene, when when he has him at gunpoint, did it – the way Samuel L. Jackson was talking to him, did it not remind you of Jules in Pulp Fiction? English motherfucker, do you speak it? <laughs> what does Marcellic look, Marcellus look like to you? Hey, what? One more motherfucking hey, time. Does he look like a bitch? No. Then why are you trying to fuck him like one? No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Oh my god, I love that scene. I, Boom! He takes a shot at his. <laughs> it, it, did, it did feel like that. Like it just felt like he's like, I know you're lying to me, but like without saying, don't lie to me. He just Samuel Jackson or whoever write this wrote the script. Oh, they wrote it for him, knowing <laughs> like having that scene in mind. I'm sure when they were in on set, they were like, just just bring out Jules, bring call, out Jules. Call back to Pulp Fiction, man. I love yeah that that scene was dope. I really I was like oh, uh, I wasn't like I didn't feel like Leonardo DiCaprio going like that, but like I was just like oh, you know I was like that that's cool. I know what he's doing. Yeah. I know what he's doing. So overall, definitely a, a good watch, guys. I think you should definitely check it out. Secret Invasion on Disney Plus. Um, spoiler on this on, the, on this episode, uh, we lose uh, Robin Shabatsky. That's uh, right. Agent, Agent Ross at, at the Bruce end. Shoulders is gone. Yeah, I. Why? I, I thought it was, I thought she was going to be a scroll, so that was surprising to me. I thought she was going to turn into a scroll too, and it turned out when it wasn't. I was like. Why, why, dude? She's a beloved character. Like, yeah, she doesn't have a lot of scenes in a lot of the MCU films, but like, we all like her, and like, you're just gonna kill her off like that. Like, 
crazy. So this show better be good if you're going to kill off a character like that. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering if we're going to get to see more of the actual Everett Ross and not a scroll. So we'll see right. how that goes. Um, okay. I'm going to give a review on Elemental. Spoilers, 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 guys. Uh, spoilers for you, Jason. I know you haven't watched it yet, but I definitely no, all good. about Pixar's current installment that's out in theaters. It's been getting uh, eh reviews. I would say that it's a pretty solid movie. Uh, I would say that it was better than The Flash, possibly. Yeah, it was. It was around the same place as as Transformers for me. Okay. Okay. Wise, maybe a little bit better. So maybe like a six point eight. Uh, okay, I'll take it. Now, okay, okay. Hold on. Be before you go any further, do you like Luca more than Elemental? About the same. About the same. Okay, well, I'm glad I didn't go watch it this past weekend then. So, well, I don't um, hate Luca. I thought it was a good movie. So, I didn't hate Luca either, but like, I didn't. It's not my, my favorite. I, I, I consider it in the same place and be like, what? But remember, you have childhood. Um, bias here i thought it was the same as bugs life i was just like eh, it was about is that the same, same as bug life i all three of those movies you know fit about the same category you know what bugs life to me is like like mid. okay yeah it's, it's it's i would say it's mid but it's like yeah it's all right you know it's good i would say, I would say uh elemental was above average and you should go see it in yeah. theaters okay so soul or elemental I would only give it to Soul because the overall theme of the film is a very deep theme. Okay. Uh, I think Elemental is more entertaining. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. We're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Toy Story or Elemental? Toy Story. Okay. <laughs> Toy Story 3, Toy Story 2, Wally -E Up, Inside Out. Those are all cream of the crop. No, it's not. Okay. Okay. okay, all right, cool, cool. Ratatouille? Nah, that's Cream of the Crop. Oh, the yeah. Cream of the Crop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, that's like top echelon. All right, all right, cool. So it's like one of those like Monster Fear Universities. Tier two. Cars. Okay, all right, cool, 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 cool. Uh, all right, so, yeah, yeah, I'll enjoy it. I think it's better than Cars. It's better than Cars. That's it's better like than Cars? Okay, I mean, I, I really liked Cars, the first oh. one. Oh. Yeah. Now, I, I wouldn't say Cars is tier one, by, by all means, not tier one. Okay, fair enough. Cars and Cars 3, I guess I could put in Tier 2. But Cars 2 is Tier cars 3. Two, car, cars 2 and Cars 3 are ass, bro. Cars 3 is okay. If you rewatch that movie, you got you to gotta rewatch that. That was not let's, that bad. Let's not even talk about airplanes. Never even bothered. <laughs> that, looked like, that looked like trash. Um, but Elemental is better than those. In fact, I would put Elemental on the same level as Onward. Although, onward. Okay, okay, we're 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 getting somewhere. Okay, all right, cool. Then I yeah. personally like Onward more, but Elemental's a good movie. Like I can't bash it for that. It's right, just so Onward just hit certain things for me that Elemental wasn't planning on hitting. You know. All right, so so tell me what you liked about it. Give me give me give me all that give me all that good stuff. So the landscapes and the cityscapes in Elemental are a visual splendor. Like the characters, the way they act, the way they move. Uh, they had to use AI for the fire characters because it was so difficult to render in 3D animation. 
And AI was able to solve that problem for them and continuously keep the fire looking like a fire. And it works. Already I losing your jobs. Already losing your jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No jobs were lost on that one. It was just uh, the rendering of the fire. The design of the characters was still done by um, designers and things like that. So <laughs> I'll say that. But wow. Like this movie is beautiful. It is a beautiful movie to watch. Not only is it beautiful in terms of what you're looking at, but the story is beautiful. It's a love story. Okay. Done. Done and done. So if you don't like love stories, it's not for you. <laughs> but it is a very, very good uh, love story, in my opinion. I would definitely put it in rom-coms, in the conversation of rom-coms. When we get to rom-coms part two. Part two. Coming, coming soon. Coming <laughs> soon. <laughs> Coming soon, guys. Coming soon. Keep a look up. Uh, I would definitely leave this one in the conversation uh, because it, it executes the love story really well. And in fact, uh, it it actually is a very strong immigrant story and uh, how immigrants try to preserve their culture and how uh, immigrant culture clashes with culture of the natives quite often and how that plays out. I mean... I, I made the I made a joke about this like to to Gabby pretty much I was like oh so the movie that's pretty much like a, a biracial couple and how they will how they will uh, overcome the odds of everyone not wanting them to be together and it is pretty much that you know what I mean like that's uh, fools Russian with uh, Salma Hayek and Matthew Perry I have not seen it wow okay all right. Uh, let me think of another one. Uh, Save the Last Dance. Like Say oh, what? Yeah. Save the Last Dance. I have seen Save the Last Dance. You know, like that? But that one's a dancing movie, right? I would, I would probably say Fool's Russian sounds like it's more more up that alley. With Salma Hayek and Matthew Perry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. One's spicy, Salma Hayek, right? And then the other one's a little more laid back. Look, we're getting going with the flow, Matthew Perry. Oh man, Wade's character is—he's a trip. He cries constantly, so that was uh, that was interesting to watch. But by the end of the movie, you're like, "Oh, Wade, you're crying again." Uh, it talks a lot about uh, second generational guilt, about how you feel as a second generational uh, family member of an immigrant, how you have to live up to their standards and and live life the way that they lived, so that they're their sacrifices weren't in vain. And that was at the same part. time, but at the same time, be able to fit into the new world that you're living in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being like able that. to play that dual life. That, that's us. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Uh, so that plays a big role in the movie and it's actually what makes it very endearing to me. I thought that's, that's one of the stronger aspects of the film. Cause not only is it a love story, it shows that both of these characters do have their own lives and the way that they live. It's not just about the love story. Um, I thought that uh, Ember is a really interesting character. When she loses her shit, she is intense. So it's it's fun it's fun to watch her. And Wade, I mean, he is the ideal he is the ideal man for a love story, right? He loves every part of her. He's extremely romantic. Uh, he's willing to do anything to get her to love him back. So it's it's a good love story. All the water characters are crybabies, of course, because you know water. Uh, very cute film. 
Uh, and the best parts were between the couple. I will say the scenes with Wade and Ember together were probably some of the best parts of the film. You just see the chemistry with the characters, obviously. You see the sparks fly. You see that movie magic when they're together. I mean, to me personally, I think water is a very strong element. You know, like it just reminds me of like the ocean. It's very terrifying and it can be very strong. Oh, are you talking about the crying thing? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't see water as like crybabies to me personally, but I, I guess where they're going, right? Fire is very strong and powerful, right? But I think water is just just as strong oh. as beautiful. Oh, they don't they don't portray water as weak in that sense. It's more oh, okay. literal water coming out of you. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they're crybabies because they produce water. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right, cool, cool. They're very yeah. sensitive. They're very sensitive people. They empathize a lot. I mean, uh, we're Pisces, so I'm a pretty sensitive guy, to be honest. So that makes sense. <laughs> I'm, a water. I'm a Pisces as well, so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So it is the first love story that Pixar has ever done. I think they did it well. And I'm not going to ask this question yet until you watch it, but I am interested in, to hear where you think it lands among the rest of Pixar. You guys kind of heard where my opinion is on that. But I'm going to go into Carl's date. Well, hold on. Before you go on to that, let's have an episode where we're ranking our Pixar movies. I definitely want to do that. I think the listeners will love to, love to hear that, I think. I think so. I think we can do an episode ranking Pixar. That works for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, so for Carl's oh. date, the short, he ends up getting ready to go on a date. And it is a fantastic story it adds on to up very well it's just a short and it shows doug uh being doug being the best version of a dog that you can imagine the best good boy ever mm -hmm. honestly it's just it, it's got that heartwarming value that up has this one i don't want to ruin for audiences but what i will say is that it, it pulls at the heartstrings very similarly to the way that uh oh did like, oh man, that's good. That was good. So you're crying going into watching Element? Not full on crying. No, okay. not like the first ten minutes. It's one, it's one of those like, oh man, that was ah, that was good. That was good. That was good. And you're like, like that. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. So yeah people no, watching on YouTube, you you just saw our reactions of how like we're like trying not to cry, but like still feeling really good about ourselves. The only kind of contact you can get on YouTube, guys. By the way. Only kind of content. Actually, our Spotify listeners. Oh, you're looking at your phone right now. Yeah, our Spotify listeners can also see our video. That that is a good point. So, Spotify, YouTube, check us out. All right, let's uh, let's move on though. I don't want to stick too much on this film just because you haven't seen it yet, and I, I think I gave some good information. The storyline is pretty basic. Uh, she she finds opportunities that she didn't realize she had. And that's how she learns that she wants a different life from what she's been doing. And she sees it through Wade and Wade is just enamored with her. He wants the best for her and he wants her to live the best version of her life. So again, I highly recommend, I think I'd give it a 6.8, maybe a 6.7, the same as Transformers. Go watch it guys. Elemental Pixar's elemental out in theaters now. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, honestly, man, you kind of convinced me. I, I need to go watch it now. 
You should. You should. I think. I think you should watch it with Jamie. You guys would enjoy it together. I think we would. I think we would. We enjoy Pixar movies. So, um, maybe in theaters. Maybe we'll try not to wait. But there's some good stuff coming out that I really want to see. Uh, Oppenheimer. Oh, that'll be a good, a good one. I'm gonna force Gabby to go on a date night with me for that one. Yeah, I told her we're going IMAX for that. So. Speaking of date night, guys, I know I'm gonna go off topic, and this should have been at the beginning of the episode. But we had a date night this past weekend, and we went to this place here in San Antonio. Looks fire. <coughs> Leche de Tigre, Peruvian cocktail and restaurant spot. Some of the best food I have ever had. Holy shit. It was fucking good. Like, Jason, if you come down, remind me to take you there because, damn, every plate was fire. The drinks were fire. The service was fantastic. Big shout out to Leche de Tigre here in San Antonio. Uh, Go check it out, guys. Check them out. Leche de Tigre in San Antonio. I don't know why I did it like that, but yeah, check them out, guys. Because you're watching Flaming Highway. Hey, Charlie. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's get into our feature presentation, though. We're going to have a lot of conversations about this show. So let's dig into it. The Bear. Season two. Season two of The Bear. They are building the restaurant. They're building the restaurant, Jason. How, how, how did you like the episode? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I talked to you about this yesterday or whenever it was, but dude, after watching season two of The Bear, I was like thinking to myself, I was like, whoa, and at the end of the year, when we talk about our favorite TV shows, it's going to be really tough for me. And I know recency bias, but like this, this, this may be the one it, it may not. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta look back at it and see how I felt about some of the shows that came out. You're, you're you're talking about The Last of Us. You're talking about season four of Succession. You're talking about Beef on Netflix. Um, it, it's definitely up there. And and honestly, if you guys enjoyed Bear season one and you guys haven't seen season two yet, um, I think season two is way better than the first season. Not way better, uh, but it, it is definitely better. And I think from where they were to the first season to the second. They're just wow. The acting chops of it. They're they know what they're doing and they know where they're going with this, and it, it's just amazing. And I I can see it go on another three episodes, uh, three episodes, three three more seasons. I would love that. I would love to yeah. see it as a five or six season show. I don't think. I don't think point, it, it will be played out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I definitely can't wait to see what they do next. They do kind of leave you. They leave you with some blue balls, man. Like, you're like, oh, oh come on. Right. Um, I, my one critique before we get into it, I think um, what I really what we really liked about the first movie is there wasn't really much of a love interest. I think we, we're getting kind of getting tired of uh, TV shows having love interests, right? And I think that's what I loved about the first season. And um, I have to shout out Jamie because she's the one that brought it up. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, yeah. Some of the scenes with um, – and don't get me wrong, I thought she did amazing in this episode. Claire Bear, um, yeah, um, Car- Carmi's uh, love interest, um, she did phenomenal. But I just, there were some of the scenes where I just like, all right, no, no, let, let's go back into the restaurant. Let's go back into this. Like, I don't care about this love interest. Maybe it's got to build, you know, maybe it does. And, and it kind of did build at the end. So I was like, it brought me back. But like in the beginning, I was like, I think it's important to Carmen's storyline uh, and his like sense of self 
worse. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And, and that's kind of what I felt at the end where I was like, okay, this makes more sense now. But there were some moments where like, now let's get back to the restaurant. Let's get back to the other characters. What's going on with them? Like, I you know? certainly felt the same way as you, that's for sure. <laughs> wait, you, you wait. Like, Sydney, the, the sous chef. Well, wow, oh, yes, yeah, I dude, I felt like Sydney in, in that moment. Yeah, because yeah, Sydney did not like that relationship. And you're like, you're not giving your all into this restaurant. I'm giving it my all because you see her story online and like how she has failed before. And like, this is like her last thing before she implodes essentially. Um, you just see everyone's going through different shit. We don't know what everyone's going through and the stress of building a new restaurant is pretty intense, man. Like, and they want to build a nice restaurant and they're talking about COVID and how a lot of restaurants closed down during that time. Even if there were great restaurants, so a lot of restaurants, dude, statistically, they don't make it. Yeah. They don't. Um, and even if they've been around for years and years, dude, like something happened like this pandemic, especially closed down a lot of restaurants that had been open for decades. Um, so any any little small mishap where you're you're in debt and that's it. You know, so uh, you kind of feel that a lot of that stress, especially, oh, my God, in season, episode eight, where they do the uh, the fire test. You just see the look, how they go into every character and they, they show scenes of what they're thinking about, what they're thinking about and what the struggles that they're going through in their personal life and like how much what this means to them if it fails. They all it's, have it writing on this test. Writing on this test is so crazy. And they did it so perfect. I love that. And that was, oh my God. Hey, dude, I felt like after every episode, I was like, it can't get better than this. Like this episode was great. I don't think it can get better. It gets better. And I think it started in episode six, the hour long episode, the Christmas episode. I wow. would say episode four. Marcus's episode in Copenhagen. Oh, well, yeah. When he goes out of town and he meets uh, our fellow uh, actor. Um, yeah, Will, Will Poulter, who plays uh, um, Adam Warlock. Right. Uh, you are the Miller's character, <laughs> you know, the one that gets spit by the biter. A bit, Yo, bit. shout out to homie looking like a snack. When I saw him in We Are the Millers, I was like, that's a goofy kid. Goofy ass seeing, kid. seeing him on this show, I was all age well. The stop tattoos, looking, stop looking at him, Gabby. Stop looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I might, I, I might have had to celebrate Pride Month this month, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was feeling some things, I don't know. <laughs> It was just so different, and I love how. Um, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll let you take a turn. I love how they brought everything full circle from season one to season two. Like there was little little moments, little things that you see, like Will Poulter's character knew Carmi, right? So he he sent him over there, and just like a lot of things that just come full circle, even from episode uh, season one to season two, the little small details that they bring up, just like super quick that you don't notice, and you're like, oh, that's. That's why that connects from season one. That makes more sense from season one, or that's why that makes sense from episode two and season two tying up to it now. Like it's just the way they do it, how they pay attention to every detail is amazing to me, which kind of makes sense because they're they're making a show about a restaurant that pays attention to every detail. So kudos to the fucking writers, to the directors, and everyone showing that every little, mm, uh, like you said, our complaint about... Um, chef's kiss you might say yeah chef's kiss you might say um but just how they pay attention to every detail just like you said like you have some qualms with secret invasion how they don't pay attention to some of those details the bear does the sound the the shots 
just everything. I think it is just it's just so perfect. Um, yeah, the shows aren't even comparable. I hate to say that because I'm a big Marvel fan. Obviously, I love exactly. Marvel. Yeah. Marvel knows what it is, you know. But like, obviously, King. I've got a little Deadpool back here, as you can see. Like, I love me some Marvel, but like at the quality of what I'm seeing with the Bear in terms of writing and acting, uh, cinematography, just overall direction, it's it's they're not that, you know. Uh, I did want to talk about some of the themes in the show because what this show is starting to remind me of. It's like a, a grittier version of Ted Lasso. Okay, I'm not, we're watching Ted Lasso next, so but continue. I'm not going to give anything away. I'm just going to okay. talk about the themes of the show. Because uh, a lot of people complained about Ted Lasso in its, I'd say its third season, a little bit in its second season, about how it, it just felt like an after-school special, is what people would say. I, I disagree. Okay. I think I enjoyed it. The feel good of the show was awesome. And you get that in the bear. You just get it very differently. Uh, you, But you get those life lessons throughout the show that they're, they're pouring on, right? In Richie's episode, which I personally love. Oh, my God. Growth from season one, he grew. Season two, he continued to grow. Richie has grown full on. Like, he's had a perfect arc throughout this show. He At first, he was a character that I was like, dude, shut up. Fuck. Yes, I right. agree. I hated that motherfucker. And now I'm like, Richie's the shit, man. I fucking love Richie. Dude, he might be my favorite character now. Yeah, and, and you see a lot of those arts with these characters. And in his episode, he learns a lot of things that the show is trying to tell the viewers. You know what I mean? Not just in the sense of like working in a restaurant, but working as a team. Working for something bigger than yourself. Right, finding something to work for that's bigger than you, and and making sure that you you don't sacrifice yourself for it. Of course, he still loves his daughter, he still loves his ex, who he will never have. Right, which is so depressing to watch. And you get that from a season uh, episode six too, in the Christmas episode. Like you can see how much he was in love with her. Oh, still, uh, he's still in yeah. love. With her. You know, he is. That that call when he finds out that she she's getting. Where she she tells him he's, he's getting she's getting engaged, dude. That once he just like looks so heartbroken, and then right away he's like, you know what? Like, what, what am I doing with my life? Sometimes you got to work on yourself because you can't. And he did the right thing because you you can either you can either choose to be depressed and uh, hate yourself or work on yourself. Sometimes heartbreak can uh, create yourself to be a better person. Yeah, you can choose to give up or you can keep going. And, and that's one of the themes that. of the show, right? Just keep going. That's literally one of the themes that they talk about in his episode as well. Not just with him, though. Uh, it, all the characters like have to learn that. Just keep going. There's a there's a, a larger theme of like ad adaptation, adapting to change, um, willingness to change. Right. That's a that's a huge theme of the show, and uh, you see that with his character, like taking the full on change. And taking that lesson with him of every second counts. Like every second of your life is worth something. Do something with it that you are that you think is worthwhile. It just it it had so many thematic moments like that. I, I literally wrote them down. It was like fighting futility with Carmen. Carmen has this sense that that it's futile to do anything worthwhile because, as he says in the show, the other shoe is going to drop. And that's the idea is that you have to fight that. You have to fight that. You have to keep going. 
you can't think that everything is going to fall apart on you because there could be a, you could be self-fulfilling that prophecy, right? Yeah. Uh, going back to Richie, a sense of purpose, understanding what your place is in your workplace, at home, in life. Like, what is your purpose? I talked about teamwork already. Uh, and they mentioned multiple times that you should surround yourself with the right people, right? Don't surround yourself with people that aren't doing anything because you will end up not doing anything as well. You need people who are going to push you throughout the show. Right. I also like the, the Marcus episode. I think it feels like what they're telling us is, yeah, you have some things going on in your life, but you also still have, how would your loved ones feel if you didn't take that opportunity? Yeah. His mom is sick, but his mom would hate if he didn't take that opportunity and go out of town and learn some things. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's just a little bit of a, yeah, like just a little bit of everything, uh, opportunities and stuff like that. And everything that you hit perfectly chef's kiss. Thank you, chef. I'm a little worried. Thank you, Chef. I'm a little worried uh, about what those phone calls that he missed are. Yeah, at the very end, when uh, they're having their practice opening, right, their opening night with just friends and family, I think she passed. I think so, too. Yeah. And that's that. I was like, oh, it kind of just hits you, bro. It just, oh, it just hits you everywhere for all these characters. Tina had a great growth in this episode as well. I, I mean, you saw it at the end of season one and then she just decided to grow and she's like, you know what? Like, I am serious about this. This is my career. I, I can be a sous chef. Her relationship with her and Sid, uh, Tina and Sydney now, how they hate each other in the beginning and like how now like she respects her. It's like, oh, beautiful, beautiful, dude. Growth yeah. in all these characters. Growth in every single one, dude. I was talking to, I was talking to Gabby about Tina specifically because you see her as like, She's the perfect example uh, from season one to season two uh, in season one specifically of how life can beat you down and like how the world can make you put up this huge wall and, and how she was able to overcome all of that. Like when she realized like, no, these people care, like these people care. I can be open. I can open myself to new things and grow and they're not going to make fun of me. They're not going to put me down. They're not going to try to replace me or throw me away. And you see her growth, like how much joy she gets from feeling a connection with her coworkers. Like when Carmen gives her the knife or when Sydney asks her to be the sous chef, when she just gets a compliment for her work. Yeah. From so both Carmen and Sydney, they're like, she's like, Oh, I, I was like, it didn't come out too good. Like I can redo this if you don't like it. And then Carmen's like, this is perfect. Thank you. He's like, thank you, chef. And then she, you just see that smile like in her face, like in her, you can see it, like the acting is just amazing. She's like, you can see that she's like, wow, they, they care. It's all gassed up. I, I I somebody. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you need that in your life, dude. Like just those little things are like that you are doing well. And like, oh shit, people do care about me. Like you said, instead of closing yourself off, it's beautiful, dude. Yeah. So many deep themes in this show that you can relate. Like I personally, I see this in my life. I see it in the lives of my friends, like all these different ways that people react to change, that people react to adversity in life. And it's just, it's so visceral. And then in an intense, stressful setting, like a restaurant, it, it just works so damn well. I cannot, I cannot express how much I, I felt this show really hit a lot of things without, without feeling like an after-school special. Yeah, I mean, their, their biggest thing with, uh, if you noticed, their biggest thing with those big chefs, each one of them said, 
that they failed first. They failed miserably first before they were able to succeed and yep. find their own niche, right? And and that plays again to can you adjust to change? Uh, when you fall, even the best of us can fall. And how are you going to get back up? How are you going to adjust after you get back up? Like these are the things that you have to constantly ask yourself. Otherwise, you're going to stay on the floor and you're just going to get walked over and that's going to be your life. Nas said it best. Life's a bitch and then you die. Like you you, you got to find the best things to do during that time that you have. And I feel like this show really pushes that. Yeah, I love it. That's great. That's awesome. Um, one thing that, oh, man, where was I going? Sorry. Like, I was just listening. I was like just in awe of what you were saying right now. So, <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, I, I just think uh, some of those moments of uh, towards the end, especially, um, Carmi failed. Like, all he had to do was like fix the fridge, right? And he ended up getting stuck in the fridge. And uh, that one scene, oh, well, let's backtrack. Let's go back to episode six because I feel like I need to talk to episode six before I talk about this last episode. Well, that's the reason. That's the reason for his inability to get close. Yes. Or go on. Episode six. Episode six happy is holidays, happy holidays. <laughs> yeah, it was an hour long episode. Uh, so it was a Christmas special, I guess. Um, at first, you know, we're like, okay, what's going on? Oh, they're backtracking it to see when uh, Mikey was still alive. So we get John Berthal in this episode. Uh, we get uh, Carmi and Mikey's parents, right? We 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 get the we get the mom. Guess who the mom is? None other than Jamie Lee fucking Curtis, right? Uh, we get the we get everything the, everywhere all at once. Shout out everything everywhere all at once, and we also get the dad uh, who's actually better called Saul, right? He's Saul Goodman. Uh, what's his fucking name? Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. He plays the. I'm guessing stepfather. The the the. He's the uncle, Uncle Lee. Oh, he's the uncle. Okay, I thought he was dating the mom for some reason. Um, we also get. Um, I guess he's a. I think he was trying to hook her up with his friend when they were having that conversation. Is that what it was? Okay. Then we also get uh, 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 John Mulaney. Jay Mul- John- yeah. John Mulaney. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Who else do we get? Uh, Sarah, yeah, Sarah Paulson. Paulson. Sarah Paulson in there, dude. Like, it, it was just a, just a who's who of characters. Just like, I never once thought that all these characters would be in a show together. Like, it was just so random, bro. It was just absolutely, absolutely Absolutely wild. Um, they are unhinged. Dude, it is one of the worst Christmases I have ever seen. It felt like you were in a restaurant and the chaos of it, of like just people just con- constantly arguing. And you can see where um, Carmi, Mikey, and um, uh, the sister, what's her name? Nat, Nat, they also call her Sugar. Yeah. yeah, Nat, Sugar. You can see where they get their issues from, like within their family, like how it got brought up. Like she's constantly looking for approval from her mom. Nat, Carmi is, yeah, Carmi is essentially just like Jamie Lee Curtis's, uh, the mom, Donna, is just like her, like she is constantly like thinking that she needs to do everything by herself, she needs to do everything everywhere all at once, right, like she, right, you like that, uh, and she doesn't feel like she can get help for anyone and no one appreciates her and stuff like that, and she just constantly just like breaks down and just implodes on herself, uh, Mikey, like, people don't accept him because he's a fucking drug addict and you kind of see that in like little things of like 
why he leads to killing himself. Like you see all those little things in this episode and it's just so heartbreaking and you just feel for every character, but also like when they're in the kitchen, it's just like a chaos and like how everything's like happening and everything at the same time. But you can still hear those conversations. Like this, this family's nuts. You know, I don't know. They were wild. It was, it was very visceral and you're right. It feels like the restaurant. And I think that's why Carmen and Mikey felt so comfortable in a restaurant. Um, some of the conversations that they have during that episode make so much sense. Like you can see the pain in John Bernthal's eyes when he sees um, Carmen's design for their restaurant together because he's like, I can't let him get stuck. You already know what is it, what's in his mind. Yeah, he he's like, want to get stuck at the beef. He wants. Yeah, to- he's like, I don't want you here. And Carmen's like, Why? Why? I thought we were brothers. Like, no, because John couldn't say is like you deserve better than this because I know you're better than this. So that's why I'm pushing you out. And Carmi couldn't see that. He's like, you don't, what, do you not love me? Well, what's going on? Why don't you want me to be a part of this? It's like, no, you're the better out of all of us. Yeah. It was, it was great to see the dynamics and how all of these relationships built into the events that occur in seasons one and two. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, my God, she plays Donna so well. She's so unhinged. She so, doesn't make any sense. Like really, she she complains that anyone that that people are trying to help her, but then the second that she's really struggling, she's like, "No one cares. No one's helping me. No one gives a." You're like, "Whoa!" Like she's really got things going on that she doesn't know how to deal with. Um, I thought I thought Sarah Paulson and John Mulaney did a great job coming in and just being kind of that normal that normal uh, couple of cousins that visit the crazy family. Like you get to see that everyone's gone to visit family for Thanksgiving or Christmas and, or new year's and left being like, I don't want to stay there again. Right. I I don't think that's how they feel. I think they like the show. They mention it often. Like they like seeing the craziness, but this one was to another level. I did want to give you some information. Did you know that Bob Odenkirk was trying to get a rise out of John Bernthal in that scene. Like they were, they were method. They were doing things that like weren't exactly in the script to like wow. get to each other to make the scene look better. And John Bernthal even turned to the director at one point and was like, I want to throw this fucking table. And sure enough, he throws the fucking <laughs> table. Like that was all them. Dude, that, that scene was in the script. I know. And that's after Donna goes off on Natalie for asking if she's okay, even though everyone told her not to ask. If she's Don't want to ask if she's okay, but she's constantly looking for mom's approval, man. Like she's just, also, she also cares about her mother, right? She's like, yeah, can I help you? Are you okay? You know? Yeah. Uh, but also at the same time. And so like, so you move forward and then Nat's worried about being a baby and whether she's going to be a good mother because she is traumatized from her own mother, like always constantly getting approval and always constantly checking on her mom. Like, does my mom love me? Am I going to be a good mom? Like you just kind of see that without, without the the show telling us that, you know what I mean? And I think that's what I love about the show is like, you're seeing it. Without, exactly. You don't have to say it. I was like, Oh, uh, I just have a uh, daddy issues, blah, blah, blah. You could say that in a script easily. Yeah, you can instead of showing it, right? Whatever it may be, not daddy issues, like any, anything, you know, you can I see why John Bernthal commits suicide eventually, you know? So. And I think Carmen re- realizes more and more that he's so much like his mother and uh, that he, that's why he thinks he's incapable of love 
and that he doesn't deserve it because he's going to ruin it and that he should be focusing on the restaurant, which is exactly what Claire hears because she hears him saying it because she went up to the walk-in and heard him say it. Like that was, I felt so bad for her. I felt so bad for the both of them in that. Oh, me too. Because she's the only thing that truly makes him happy. Dude, and, and that one scene too is so Richie gets mad. He's like, what did you fucking tell her? Because she's crying and blah, blah, blah. Like, like she's fucking perfect. What'd you say? He he's like, ah. and he's like, and he goes off. They go off on each other and they start talking back and forth, but they can't say anything because they're stuck in a fridge, right? And there's a wall by them. And then Richie just finally says it. He's like, okay, Donna. Calls him his mom's name. And then you are like your mom you don't feel like you're you deserve the world you don't you don't feel like you're good enough and you constantly put pressure on yourself and you you implode yeah which he did often in this season did you notice that like there were a lot of scenes where you see him like what is wrong with you what are you doing you know where yeah. you've got a bunch of people around you that are trying to help you trying to work with you and you're just just imploding. And it, it all makes sense when you see his mom. I will say that moment where she's outside the restaurant and Nat's husband comes out and is like, no, just come in. Just come in. And she's like, I don't want to ruin this moment for them. I don't want uh, – what did she – I can't remember exactly what she said. But oh, it is a heartbreaking scene for sure. Yeah, it's to the extent that like – she doesn't want to be a distraction in this great moment because she ruins everything. And you're like, my God, you and Carmen are the same fucking person. It is wild. Just all comes together. And Pete's just crying when Nat comes back in and he's like, I just love you so much. Don't blame this one on her. And it's oh, like, yeah, like she, at least she has the wherewithal to know that she probably couldn't handle that situation. She probably wouldn't be able to handle it well. She would lose her shit about something. And that's that's that one moment where you're like, she's sick. Like, something's wrong. Like, she knows something's wrong with her. And it, it's a powerful scene. And it just it speaks a lot to, like, how people deal with their own mental health. Oh, man. Uh, I think we hit some, some fucking great points on that. So, I guess, uh, overall, what would you give it? Season two. I thought it was near perfection, my friend. I would give it. I'm recency bias, sure. Recency bias, yes. I'm gonna give it like. Oh, I I want to give it a ten, but I'm like chill, chill. Let yourself sit on it for a minute. So like, I'm gonna give it a nine point seven. I'm gonna give it a nine point seven. Like it's that good to me. I thought it was maybe one of the best seasons of a television show I've ever seen. five i agree with you man it was amazing <laughs> yeah it was loved it loved it great show uh i did want to give a quick shout out to the music they they kind of go all over the place with it but you hear a lot of like 90s grunge you hear a lot of yeah, yeah it was a dope. bit of the 2000s was in there too they had a scene uh where claire and carmen are making love and you hear nine inch nails in the background i was like nine inch nails! <laughs> Poster back here, right there. Same, <laughs> in fact, that poster is from the same is the concert of that same album, I think. Oh no, it was the album after. Yeah, that, that's what. Yeah, that poster back there because you were going to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you knew, you knew. 
I mean, what what can I say? I had to. I had to. And uh, another quick shout out before we end it: the cameos throughout the season. I mean, Will Poulter, Emily Coleman, as we mentioned, episode six has just John Bernthal, Jamie Lee Curtis. We see John Mulaney, Sarah Paulson. You could tell that there are a lot of actors that respect this show, and it's for a very good reason. Guys, check out The Bear. All the episodes are streaming on Hulu Season 2. If you have not watched this show, they're 30-minute episodes. It is super easy to watch, and you get a lot of a lot out of it. You get to laugh. Uh, you get to cry. You get to enjoy just good acting, good writing. And if you've ever worked in the restaurant business, it is definitely something that you can relate to. It is Anything your show. Add, Jason? No, man. Uh, There's definitely your show if you definitely worked in the uh, service industry. industry You're right. Inspirational. You are right. Inspirational as fuck. But that's going to be it for us, guys. We're going to end it there. Um, any shout outs, Jason, before we head out? Yeah, shout out to Jamie for an early birthday. I can't wait. Love you. Thank you for everything. Uh, uh, I can't wait. I hope it's a special one and I hope you enjoy it. Happy early birthday, Jamie. Uh, big shout out to all of our listeners and supporters. You know who you are. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you guys for tuning in every week, even on the times that we don't get it out on time for you. We appreciate you. Thank you for the patience. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll see you guys next week for another episode of Revenge of the Pod.